Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual. I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. My intros are always distracted now because I just think we're up to absolute tomfoolery here uh, yes. in the podcast studio. But you're back, Daryl. I mean, that was close. That was very no, close. Well, I'm kind of back. I feel like I'm mm. half back. Oh. Because that, um, <laughs> oh. that was nice. That was a football position joke. It was, nice. okay, yeah. Um, I think we should start off by saying happy birthday to our dad. Mm. The big six zero. Yeah. Are we um, fooling ourselves into thinking he actually listens? No, but it, I mean, it'd be an excuse to listen because... Hello, Dad. Hello, You're on Dad. radio. I'm on You're radio. radio, Dad. No, um, here, here's facts yeah, for you. The big six zero and mm. the fact that I am good looking like him is clear proof that you are the milkman's son. So... Yes, but the milkman... For all you Father Ted uh, fans out there, it's like Pat Mustard. Mm. That's who you look like. But just, it turned out the milkman was just super sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was just absolutely ripped out. He, well, they say you are what you eat. I just don't recall eating a sexy beast. <laughs> Uh, try to get it every time I go to the restaurant but here, come here see this will go to show you the level of how much dad gets involved right if for yeah. at least maybe three years when I was doing radio slots dad would ring me on a Saturday morning alright Steve and I'd be like going yeah dad um, I'm busy at the moment oh what are you getting up to yep going on the radio alright oh yeah. sorry yeah 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 and then he'd hang up every Saturday he'd ask me what yeah, I'm doing he knew. I'm like, he knew. and he then knows. it's it's one of those things though where you say do you listen to me on the radio yeah tuned in <laughs> kind of thinking yeah. no I didn't did, no I didn't did you hear what I said mm. no yeah, didn't <laughs> understand it all but it sounded great brilliant stock answer you know it's like Chanandler Bong yeah. when he's uh, dealing with the weenus and it doesn't seem but come here we um, more turkey Mr. Chandler <laughs> we faced the Jaguars which yeah. begs the question Daryl what other yeah. words do Americans say that's wrong oh lots like I mean lots I mean like faucet don't use that aluminum Aluminum. It's aluminium. Yeah, don't clearly. do that. Sidewalk? Nope. No. Pavement. Candy. 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 Yeah. Uh, the, my two kids, my two eldest, have started using the word candy um, and store. Oh, yeah. Store so a lot. And they're grounded now. Um, trying to reduce that. So we're obviously very, you know, US focused here, being in the shadow of Uncle Sam. But uh, mm. so there's a lot of those words creeping in well, to their diction. Well, like, you know what? Saying wrong words like aluminum or, you know, stuff like that, a jaguar, um, is one thing. But I think there becomes a problem. Imagine being an expat. Imagine being a sort of past paddy over there now. And we saw it in the game, didn't we? I think it was their tight end. Was O'Shaughnessy. It's Shocknessy. Yeah, clearly Shocknessy. O'Shaughnessy. Oh, the other one. The other one that kills me more, though, is Gallagher. It's, we're going to the UK now. Yeah. So Gallagher annoys me. Yeah, Gallagher. And then the guy... A guy who's, who I think he still plays soccer, but um, Cahill, yeah, his name's clearly Cahill. Cahill. Don't do yeah. that, don't do that, yeah. And do that. you know, since we're talking about or the best one, Colin Farrell, that was never said, was Colin it? Colin Farrell, it was, yeah, said. You see, that's one of those things that annoy me though. Like, you know, when you say when did those earworms, the number one earworm yeah. for me, and since I told you about it, you text me regularly with just the words. So bad. So bad. <laughs> Johnny so Depp where he comes up out of the ocean uh, he can sell me perfume mascara um, yeah he's not selling a whole lot yeah. lately after the court case moving on no um, moving swiftly so, on uh, yeah so I think bit of sad news though uh, we were talking about just before we came on uh, RIP to Paul Horning and his family yeah uh, especially his uh, wife Angela but um, the golden boy they called him mm-hmm. he was a hellraiser we should probably do 
uh, a little bit more in them at some point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, because um, we ha- I have those videos up on YouTube. So we've Ray Nitschke and Tony Canadeo, but I had Paul Horning up there, who I said throughout the whole yeah. video was Hornung. But sure, there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, what a fascinating guy. A guy who Vince Lombardi said was the most. Um, you know, one of the most fascinating, well, I don't know if he said fascinating, but one of the best men that he ever coached. Um, yeah. And he sort of delved into him. And then, of course, Paul Horning, I mean, he was unabashed too, because Lombardi turned around and said yeah. to him, do you want to be a playboy? Or do you want to be a football player? And he said, well, I want to be a playboy, to be, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was old school, yeah. wasn't he? I mean, he's he's right up there with sort of the classic movie stars almost from the 60s and 70s that were Hellraisers. Mm. And um, I mean, what, he, didn't le- he didn't leave anything on the pitch. That's the only thing. He might have been a playboy, but he was also a damn good footballer, so... RIP to you. Yeah, it's good seeing the internet as well and social media awash with A, young people that know who yeah. he is, young people that are yeah. getting to know who he is because there was a guy contacted the group um, and he'd won a Paul Horning jersey in a raffle and he was wondering, you know, like, what's the story with Horning or whatever and then I recirculated that video I did um, and he said that it was informative that he was able to get to know him. So Paul Horning, I mean, because what really annoyed me was is I was trying to get the guys who were on the... Uh, you know, Jersey's retired and all that, that names up on, on Lambeau Field. And yeah. I was trying to give people, because Tony Canadeo, the ghost of Gonzaga, that no one knew anything about, um, to go into players like that, that you would have no idea. That would have been massive back in the day, but no one really paid attention to. Johnny Blood McNally spoke with Ralph Hickok about his book, which is fantastic, by the way, um, if anyone's listening. So Horning was one of those guys that, every time I looked on the internet, it was just people dogging him. You know, they were looking into stats and saying, yeah. oh, look, he was actually terrible. They go back to Notre Dame um, and they say that, you know, he was on a team that was a losing team he wins the Heisman he shouldn't have got that and all that but that was just a testament to how good he was that he was on the losing team he's yeah. the only player ever and likely ever that has won the Heisman on a losing team which brings to mind and I know uh, we want to talk about it that David Bakhtiari a story came out about him from Brian Gudekunst where Gudekunst went to his college um, and they yeah. were a losing team and they picked a diamond Buffaloes, from the rough the mm. Buffaloes yeah 2012, 2012 we're going to get to him because to be very honest um Parking poor Paul Horning there for a minute, but the um, the game we can probably rush through <laughs> five minutes. minutes and kind of focus yeah. on. I kind of want to uh, rush through it really because uh, it was an interception fest and not for us. Um, so, but I suppose let's look at it here. We're still in good shape, seven and two. We're top of the NFC North. Jags are basically the down the bottom of the AFC South, and we're third overall. So I mean we're sitting pretty, but that was by far and away uh, awful game we played awful against awful opponents um, which to be honest sometimes happens You, you they tend to drag you down uh, but the first quarter was absolutely woeful it's probably the worst first quarter I've seen from any of the games that I've watched in a while so I mean the only thing to talk about there was your Jags 62 yard field goal and that was it for the first quarter there was a lot of faffing about second quarter was mixed MVS we talked about him last week and you know would you give him another chance absolutely look what he yeah. did um, he was he was quite good. He got an early touchdown. Claybrooks made a um, a good shot on Adams. They kind of closed Adams down. I think was the story of Adams' um, game really. Um, Cole versus Scott. That was a pretty nasty touchdown. Mm. Um, yeah, ninety yards. That was embarrassing. A Rod, good old dime balls. Excellent <laughs> touchdown from him though. Individually brilliant as usual. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I screamed like a little girl. Uh, that was brilliant. Manky interception. A Rod getting sacked. 39 yard field goal Zadarius Smith by the way I wanted to just mention for the old Jaguars Jaguars uh, their their rookie quarterback he looks pretty Mm. short yeah Six foot um, six. I mean, he has all the weapons, and Gruden coming out saying that he wasn't going to dumb down the offense for him. Which, if you're him, you're going. Yeah. Ah. But also, I yeah. mean, look. Oh it, no. 
and he wasn't look at the start of the game it was quite obvious what their game plan was especially with the conditions um and just you mentioned the 52 yard field goal there it was that was that's yeah. that shocked me as well when they went up um because i was thinking the kick in those conditions because if you look at mason crosby's kicks and there's one of them in particular he's so good in lambo to be able to judge the wind um and he hasn't missed a field goal all year which again is incredible but you could see the flags just before he kicked it uh, I was probably taking it off to the left or right but he kicked it into that direction and it looked to me like momentarily it was going wide but it just goes to show that he was he was kicking into that wind to get it to sort of veer back yeah. in no it was it was pretty awesome piece of skill plus it was right up there what Ronan Agara would call a manky kick so um, it was pretty gross pretty good kick um, third quarter it started to get a bit of life into it that was squeaky bum time for me didn't enjoy it um, good touchdown from the Jags Cole again 17 all I didn't enjoy uh, that scoreline I mean we spoke about <laughs> last week that we really should be putting a lot of points on the Jaguars yeah. and um, we did, there was a couple of near interceptions MVS was lively again and then A-Rod made a very uncharacteristic throw for that interception um, no one could have got that and in the fourth quarter I mean the Jags really had it in them to put the game away but they just didn't um, you know there was a nice fake from Rogers there for the for the final touchdown from Adams which was that was artistry wasn't it that was Oscar winning stuff yeah yeah, it really was so good. And then Rashan Gary, um, there was a double sack I think on Luton then. But Rashan Gary again, the player that you know, the player that jumped up and stood up to be counted this week, I think was definitely Gary. He had a really good game. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know what I was just thinking then? I was watching the match. The amount of decent people we've nicked off the Jaguars over the years. So we have four of them that I could remember. We had Nathaniel Hackett, who's obviously our offense, offensive uh, coordinator. Then you had Mercedes Lewis, Tyler Irvin, and Alan Lazard. That's not a bad bunch of people to nick from the Jaguars, really. Yeah, I spoke it. about that actually on the quick snaps because I love the way the narrative before was like, oh, it's, you know, it's everyone's coming home, they're roost. But then you look at Tyler Irvin, he was a big part yeah. player. Alan Lazard was yoinked off the practice squad. Uh, now, yeah, Lewis and Hackett, right. of course, they rue today, but again, everything's changing there. I'll tell you what, right? This game, and this what's annoying, I guess, is it's that knee jerk stuff. Um, um, where we've a good game, we're amazing. Everyone's firmly back on the bandwagon, and then we lose a game, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is terrible." Like, look, I mentioned the quick snaps, for instance, that Robinson was a beast, and the, the stat came up in the game that he has the most yards by an undrafted running back rookie, which is fun to say um, ever in NFL history. Um, and he was, Sorry, he was could you posting say that again? Could you, so, so many oars. That's a Jonathan Ross special. Um, <laughs> Alliteration, indeed, nice. and that's why I get stuck saying a Wookiee winning back <laughs> when it happens from time to time. It's exactly. Did you say yes, Wookiee? Nice. Uh, pew pew. So look, it, it was a good running back, and that, that was going to be their sort of modus operandi all day. Luton, at, certainly at the start of the game, didn't do a whole lot, but if you look at his game against the Texans, he did well. But all of this stuff about like, so the Packers definitely do this, where we face uh, inferior opposition. And we get dragged down to their level in the sense that we don't come out fired up and ready to play for some reason. That was addressed by Matt LaFleur. And someone asked him, why is this keep? Why is this still a problem? And he said, well, look, if I knew why, I'd, I'd account for it. Now, Jason, will they raise the good point? Yeah. Like, I don't know if you heard the, the post-match presser, but Wildey was like, look, you have captains on the team. That These are professionals. Because Matt LaFleur said literally two sentences before that, they're playing a kid's game. 
you know, we'd expect them to sort of, you know, play. For, like, these are multi-millionaires running around chasing an inflated ball that you play in your back garden. Look at Bakhtiari's massive yeah. contract, you know. And then I know it's very serious and, like, we cover it all the time. And I plunge an awful lot of my life and have done for the last seven years into this thing, which when you look back and it sometimes seems a bit silly, right? But escapism, hashtag escapism. Um, but when you look at this game and you're kind of thinking, why can't they get fired up? And Matt LaFleur has been asked, like, should your leaders in the locker room not be doing this type of stuff? There's something slightly disconnected there. When you look back at last year, you, you Zadarius and Preston Smith, they seem to be getting people fired up. But it's almost like with the, I don't know, with the drop-off and Preston Smith, there seems to be some sort of a break there. Now, that said, the defence yesterday didn't, like, yes, we were getting gouts on the run. Um, we're missing our cornerbacks, Kevin King and Jair Alexander. That can't be forgot either. We curtsy back, which was a benefit. But when you look at the points given up, so we had that um, punt return. So that gave up seven points. Then there was a Devontae fumble, yeah. which gave up points. So I think it... Yeah, uncharacteristic. Yeah, so it only yeah. comes down to the defense giving up so many points. And like you sort of alluded to, at the very end of the game, you had Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, and Zadarius Smith all on that final possession, yeah. coming up with some clutch plays. So, you know, there's all of this stuff of like, oh, well, of course we're going to expect this type of game against the Jaguars. Like, I can't believe anyone was writing them off. No, they deserve to be written off because they kept mentioning it in the... Yeah. Um, in the game or whatever the commentary that they're their youngest defense in the NFL they were there to be picked off the same way that Aaron Rodgers yeah. picked off the Vikings week one so why that couldn't be done again this time around it honestly seems like if we don't score in a first possession plus if they have a physical defense uh, that spooks Aaron Rodgers a bit and sort of if you can stop the run that eliminates our play action uh, which was the case even though Matt LaFleur said after the game that when he looked at the touches that Aaron Jones got he should have got him the ball more the same with Jamal Williams yeah, yeah, I think so, so it, the, the, the yeah. formula is exactly the same and like the commentators were scoffing at the start of the game saying oh you know the Jaguars are saying Jaguars are saying that they're going to do the same as what the Bucks did but it seems that if you have a a pretty stout um, front then you're going to give the Packers problems if we can't get off to a heavy start. And that's exactly what happened. Plus, the attitude was stinky. So, body language expert wasn't good. Don't like it. Oh, every week. you got to use every your expertise, bro. I mean, you got to play to your strengths. You don't have... You don't... I, know, I think you're right. I mean, the, the thing is, I think you're, you spook Rodgers. And we were saying this before, that the way to get to the Packers is to spook Rodgers. And they definitely did that. I mean, there was a couple of sacks there um, where he didn't look comfortable. And then I think the other point you made is we were our own worst enemy there. We scored points yeah. against ourselves um, by, you know, just needless errors. And I think you're right. We come up against good opposition. We tend to do way better because we're... we're and I, to be honest, I think you can say this across sport, though. If you were to look at, say, the best teams in the world, and I'm sort of thinking of, say, New Zealand and the All Blacks, they're the key example for me. Whatever they have, they don't take their foot off the gas when they play bad teams. All other teams seem to behave the way the Packers did they just don't have that killer attitude for the entire game and it, I don't know what it is I don't know how you breed it into people but it just seems to be part of the human condition but speaking of human condition I think the quote for this week the best one I had was Bakhtiari saying some beer a lot of beer more beer um, <laughs> after he got his contract renewed so I'd say he can put away some beer the size of him but what a deal I want his I want to get his agent Mark Humanick as my agent now I don't I don't play football but I think if he can get back Tiari like 105.5 million maybe he can get me something I mean, I, just pack I of know, crisps I, and a fiver 
pack of the crisps yeah. and a pat on the head. I mean, I maybe. On, now, Mark. look, they, this this kind of confused me, the Bakhtiari deal, right? Because we know that salary cap was going down. We saw the performance of the offensive line when Bakhtiari was out. Not saying that anyone is as good as Bakhtiari. They're quite clearly not. Um, and I understand that the offensive line is important, obviously, because, you know, because they're saying the left tackle, the blind side, is the second most important position on the football field because a it keeps your uh, quarterback upright, which is mission number one. And then also you need to break open those running lanes for the running back. So if you've got a crappy O-line, well, then it's a problem. But the thing is, our O-line hasn't been crappy. Like bar one or two games where it's no. had dodgy stretches or a dodgy game against the Tampa Bay Bucks when everything came crashing down. But it did shock me that they went and got that deal done for Bakhtiari. And Gudekunz did come out and say that it gave them more freedom in the future. But he seems to be pegging that against... Um, franchise tagging him which would have had a colossal bill uh, that would be would be yeah. you know insurmountable I get that you know it's someone, it's like someone buying a Ferrari and going yeah well it's it's better than a Bugatti Viron and you're like going yeah it's better than a Bugatti yes but it you know you could also get a, a Lada you know and maybe that's the problem but it just seemed like they weren't willing to let Bakhtiari go almost at all costs but I wonder what that cost is and the second quote that I want to raise about this whole thing is is Gudekun says that because they said to him incessantly in the uh, press conference, what does this mean for other players? For me, uh, and my ignorant Irish leprechaun opinion, is Kevin King with the injuries is gone. I reckon they definitely let him test. Yeah, so, so then it comes down to Corey Lindsley, um, which is a big concern. And it comes down to Aaron Jones. Now, you know, he's sort of saying, as, so, anyway, this is where I was going with it, is that he said that it's going to be an interesting free agency because an awful lot of the teams are going to be in this position. Now, this is something that we said a couple of weeks ago. If loads of teams are cutting very good players, well, then they could have their pick of people. Um, That's the So, you know, it's, I just don't know. I don't know where your head's at with it, but it's just, to me, he, like, he deserves it and he is the best left tackle in football and all this you know, lofty stuff, but I really do wonder where that puts the team because we've seen people get frustrated with the wide receiver position, right? Because they seem to value the guys that they have. Now, MVS put on a show, but he's inconsistent and that drives people crazy. So I just wonder, are they looking at the running back position and thinking that they can slot anybody in there and that they're happy with AJ Dillon or who they have? Um, Or are they confident that they're going to be able to bring Aaron Jones back? I just don't know. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I think, you think it's a bit like a game of chess that you, I think they're probably two moves ahead of us at the minute anyway. And it's a sense of, I mean, a four-year extension, I was surprised by the length of it. Um, the price of it, fair enough. I mean, we knew he was going to go for big bucks, but four years, I thought, was a bit of an eyebrow raiser. I think you're right, though. If there's going to be some fantastic players out on the market soon, um, does he let Jones go? At the minute, I would have said he was King's gone. I think that's the writing's on the wall there for poor King. I think he's looking at that going, well, they've, they've offered him four years. They've given him 105 million. I'm not playing. I have too many injuries. You know, he's probably on the chopping block. But I think you're right then. I think it falls down on what did he do with Jones? Is he worth more money um, gone mm. than he is there? And I think it'll, it remains to be seen then who floods the market. Because as you say, there's going to be a lot of prime names yeah. out there. And there's probably deals to be had because these guys are, you know, in the you know, good. They've a lot of years left. If you look at some of the people they're going to be let go from everywhere else, they might get them cheaper. Everyone's desperate to play. Yeah, I just wonder as well. Like, I mean, because Gudikuns was a scout for like that's his bread and butter. So I just wonder what does he have his eye? Is there a couple of running backs that he thinks are yeah. good value? But the thing is, like we saw when Jones was out, just how pivotally was when he came back. Now I know, yeah. you know, like yeah. he didn't light it on fire against the Jags or whatever. But the, no, he had a bad game. But that's that's what's a yeah. bit for him, I think. Um, so I just I'm absolutely intrigued but like you said it's chess I mean these guys 
you know, they have a plan, whether they, you know, are confident in what they're doing or it's actually going to pan out, I don't know. But they're certainly not going into uh, hiddly-biddly. We know Russ Ball is the, is the cap master. So I'm sure he'll have something planned out. But again, it's just... I was honestly shocked with it. I just thought the O-line performances lately sort of devalued Bakhtiari, but he ends up being the, yeah. the top eight O-lineman. Um, fair play to him personally. On a personal level, it must be great. I mean, as you know, he was a fourth-round pick, and as you mentioned earlier, back in 2012 when he's playing for the Buffaloes, they were woeful. And that, I mean, that's the other point as well. You'd, you'd sort of wonder, does Guti sort of look at it and go, well, I know him, he's one of my guys. Uh, you know, there's a bit of sort of, you know, when you get hired by a fella and it doesn't work out, mm. you kind of embarrass him because he put a word in for you. So I don't know if there's a little bit of that there as well. But I mean, you'd have to sort of trust the process and assume he knows what he's doing. But I tell you what, though, that's one thing now that you say it sort of stood out to me, right? I didn't want to say it, but I'm going to say it now. Is that when Goody took over the job from Ted Thompson and there was all this criticism that, you know, that they held on to Ted Thompson too long and um, the stuff subsequently came out that uh, poor Ted wasn't very well. Um, and then they kept asking Gudekunst about his credentials and we saw the way Mark Murphy restructured uh, the system so that Goody and Matt LaFleur, which would have been Mike McCarthy at the time, uh, reported into him directly and that he wouldn't be answerable to the to the GM or whatever. So there was all this thing about like Goody got some tasks taken away from him. And I don't know whether he felt that personally as if to say like, mm. but then he would have understood that if he's, he's young, it's the first time he's in this position or whatever. But I felt that in that first year, anytime they asked him about Ted Thompson and his philosophy and all that, he tried to sort of, because one of the things that they asked him was, is that do you ever go back and look at your picks and look at Ted's picks and compare them and stuff? You know, like even when he was the scout that said to Ted, pick this guy, I stand by him. And yeah. Ted overruled him and said, no, the GMs say is the GMs and went on with his own player. And he started making comments around that kind of like, oh yeah, I go back the odd time and blah, blah, blah. And it seemed like every time they asked him about Ted, he was distancing himself away from us if say, I'm my own man or whatever. And that's yeah. fine. But then as time progressed then, it looked like he was going back and paying homage to Ted. Whereas this one's interesting because the articles that I see are talking about how oh Ted found a diamond in the rough in the fourth round and he was inspired to get this. But do you notice that Goody put out, oh, I went down to Colorado yeah, and it was all it was all good yeah. show on that one and yeah, I spoke definitely. to this guy and they said to me yeah. that these players were I just found that interesting that how and again look if, if the guy did it himself but it's just weird that in articles that's coming out Ted Thompson was a genius look what he did and this is who Goody was left to or as Goody sort of saying no no I found him I went down it's just funny but I love yeah. the way as well like no, all to be these... honest, I kind of agree with it though I, you know, I think you'd have to sort of say it probably is his baby really yeah. when you think about it I mean obviously he was just shielding you know it's the guy at the top that you know I suppose it's Back in the times where you look at it, it's the you know it's the it's the vineyard owner that makes mm. the wine, not yeah, the yeah. vineyard on. You know, so I mean, I think it's a bit like that. All right, I like it because it's clean. Um, uh, what a hashtag Goodyear reference. If anyone gets, if anyone watches the movie Goodyear, me and you are high on that goddamn movie, right? Yeah, I mean, Love it's it. one of those things that all men do. Um, that they just quote films incessantly. So if you start off with just name a film, and we'll spend the next twenty minutes just rhyming off the script. Right, two for you, Braveheart. Your oh. favourite quote, the treason one. <laughs> yeah. Behold the awful price of trees. See, our problem is, is that we get quotes as kids and then we go and distort them oh, so much. Because yeah. that, like the awful price of trees, this is really off on a tangent now, but the awful price of trees, <laughs> I think we look back at it, you know when you watch it again, you're like, going, oh my God, that's not the way we've quoted at all. Because it goes, now yeah. behold the awful price of trees and something like that, they're doing a crossword puzzle. But we've turned it into, now behold the awful price of trees. <laughs> It just became really disturbing. Dark. Never once did I pledge my allegiance to him. It matters not. He is your, your king. king. <laughs> okay, we better probably leave it there because this yeah. is going to be a very long podcast with nothing to do with Packers. But no, uh, finish, I think before we go, finish this one though, right? 
and name the movie. He writes. He always writes. <laughs> that's the, that it's is the lip uh, smack. That is the best it's part. The lip, of Julia Roberts. That, I think that's right up there with one of the worst Irish accents. That, I think that ties us back nicely to the beginning comment at the it start does. about American words. This one is Irish accents that um, Americans mangle. I still think Tom Cruise in Far and Away is still the worst. He's Far and Away the worst Irish accent. Is what you're trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 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 Uh, so yeah look this game it just it appears that look when the when the chemistry isn't there because it's like golf I mean I've been out golfing with lads before and I've had a ripper game I, I went out Wicklow Golf Course with the president that time before we joined because he wanted to vet us or whatever I just think he wanted us to pay allegiance to him and um, when we went out I've never struck a driver since that day on the run up to it I was electric and then after that absolute trash and uh, yeah. it's just it's sometimes it's the company you play with me and my mate was um, pulling balls out of bushes Whoa, Whoa, hold on there. Um, um, do you know what? There was yeah, I don't, I'll tell you what, but that's like, uh, I was looking at John Rams, you know, he was practicing on the, the 16th before the Masters started. You know that tradition they do where they wa- where they wallop the ball close to the lake and they try and skim it across the water yeah. and he, of course, skims it across and straight into the hole. Yeah. I can't relate to that at all. Well, I can't. The only bit I can relate to though is putting the ball in the lake. In the <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just missing that one crucial part where it skips up out of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, this game is not all doom and gloom for me. I think the defense, who everyone's screaming at, um, you know, obviously gave up massive chunk plays. It's it's really going to be the game next week that's going to be the acid test. Yeah. We're coming up against a Coles yep. team, not to get too far ahead of ourselves with quick snaps. We're coming up against a Coles team that absolutely spanked the Titans. But um, the Titans seem they're on a bit of a skid, but the Colts are definitely the, the team to beat. Um, Colts are bolted on. Any positives or negatives then uh, that we haven't covered in this game? No, I think that's it. I mean, as you say, it's one of those games we just had to go by. It wasn't great. Everyone knows it. Um, positives were no massive injuries. You know, uh, Bakhtiari obviously still playing with broken ribs. What a legend. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, apart from that, no positives really. They all know what they've done wrong. They all know what they need to do. They'll just do it again. We've got better opposition. The Colts will not put up with any nonsense. Um, so, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. So, shining lights for me, as you said, back Jerry, back, uh, battling through it. The, the Oscar winning performance from Aaron Rodgers that took that ball on his hip. Oh. Um, so cool. and then that touchdown from Devontae Adams that spinning one uh, that he came yeah. down with and then got pulled back because of Turner's holding and then he did it again anyway it's just amazing yeah. so, do you want me to re- can we do that again yeah, take, take two. two here we go yeah, yeah. see that but that's, that's exactly it I mean you can't stop him now what was revealing was is that they asked about um, MVS and that t- that play to Devontae Adams um, and it's it's one of those reporter questions where they go so you won the lotto how do you feel about that? You know, and you're going to go, I yeah, like it, you know. You know? Um, and so they asked yeah. about Devante with the fact that he was in single coverage or whatever. Um, did they like that matchup? And he said, yeah. But he said revealingly that that play was designed for Marquez Valdez-Scantling and the fact that he was covered yeah. up, that they went to Devante yeah. as Reed too. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And I just find that yeah. fascinating. Now look, MVS is frustrating people because of the drops. Um, and yeah. to many, he's a kind of a one-trick pony. He's got that, speed and when he's not catching the ball and dropping it well then he's effectively useless to people now Aaron Rodgers came out and said that look he can do an awful lot more um, but he's he's really impressed by MVS and the the amount of long touchdowns that MVS has and he's yakety yak as well is quite good but here's an example where MVS has stepped up when Devontae apparently is carrying an ankle injury um, and came back out so and he's covered up so MVS in this instance does the business now, yeah. I see people as well going, oh, yeah, well, that's great. No, but I mean, he's so inconsistent. <laughs> they just won't give the guy a bit of credit. Now, that said, if he can string together more games, because this is his second game now where he's come down with something really tasty. Um, so if he can keep that up, um, 
the least he will do will keep defensive coordinators with their eye on him and on us so that when yeah. he makes that bolt it might stretch the field for somebody else um, but yeah very impressed by him and I'm delighted for him too that he's coming down with this stuff because it'll only build confidence that he's no, I'm delighted for him as well I mean put it this way if if MVS had had a bad MVS day mm. um, we would have lost that game yeah exactly um, and people will look back to the Vikes game when he was making drops and you could say well you know had he brought those in yeah. but then you know, you don't see people killing Devontae Adams for making drops and all that, but I guess that's because he's absolutely unbelievably he's so reliable consistent. and consistent. Yeah, he's so consistent. Yeah. People just, you know, go, ah, it's fine. Yeah, and that's that's all MVS needs to do now. He just needs to yep. build up enough of a resume uh, that when he does make those drops... that Because the thing is, he's in the right place. He's got separation. And all he has to do is catch the damn thing, and he doesn't. But um, I'm delighted for him now. Hopefully that'll build his confidence and also give the Packers an extra weapon. Um, as yep. well to something else to think about yeah, yeah um, and a loss of a weapon I'll just before we finish up Tyler Irvin injured um, so yeah. that doesn't look very good and Alan Lazard not being activated yet and I hear some rumblings about you know is his season done or what are we doing here um, but I don't think we can be concerned Ian Rappaport has come out and said that he should be good to go um, so when he comes back as well it will be interesting how yeah, how do you slot him in yeah and how they try yeah. to cover MVS stretching the field and Lazard you know work in the middle of the field because he's been fantastic there and then Devante as well how serious is any type of a knock um, but look it, they need to work on the chemistry thing they need to get a fire under their arse and get going oh yeah definitely that but yeah it's a pity about Irvin because he has been so he's just been getting better and better as the season went on but I mean that's how it shakes down I'm afraid this is football yeah pre-snap motion um, is definitely key to this thing but again they've set the blueprint in a, in a way that if you get you know some pretty stout pressure it can be pretty concerning um, but anyway, uh, that's the that's the game. That's the wrap up. Um, any parting words? Just win next week so I can come back, please. Don't make it so squeaky. Thanks. But there you go. We're gonna hang like 30, 40 yeah. points on on the coast next. Uh, no, no, no. Wait, wait till get the quick snaps and get some stats to back that up. Anyway, um, I like. He has been at Daryl J O'Brien. I've been at Steve Diddy NFL. And again, Christmas is coming up. So if you want a T-shirt, get in the store now. If you want any signed merch for under the Christmas tree for your loved one. Get in the store now and we're going to be doing a Bonanza giveaway at Christmas time and I'm going to be wearing me Santy hat. I cannot wait. God damn it, I love Christmas. Have you got your Christmas tree up yet, bro? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I haven't taken any pictures for Instagram yet because I don't want people to think we're lunatics but I think with the year that's in it, yeah. I'll just put it up. I'll tell you what though, I'm jogging around the place and every window I look in, they have their um, trees up and I can't wait to put mine up. You're not supposed to do that. You're not you're not supposed to. It's where I'm jogging around. You say you're out jogging, you mean you're out creeping? Yeah, around the back of people's houses, isn't it? Just trying to get those, yeah, trying to get those KMs. <laughs> Rummaging through their drawers. <laughs> through their drawers. I'm exercising. I'm in lockdown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do we like? Uh, so yeah, get on to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers and get your name on that draw because the Christmas ones, because I might be doing multiple jerseys, will fill up very, very quickly. So don't miss out. Anyway, uh, from us, from him, from the group, let's talk to you next week.